Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Hey, everybody, from KQED Public Radio, this is Political Breakdown. I'm Scott Schaefer. And I'm Marisa Lagos. And today on The Breakdown, he made a fortune at the hedge fund he founded and then became an environmental advocate, pushed for the impeachment of President Trump, and ultimately ran for president. That would be Tom Steyer, of course. And while he didn't win the Democratic nomination, he's got a pandemic consolation prize of sorts. Governor Gavin Newsom tapped him to co-chair a bipartisan task force on business and jobs recovery, a group, by the way, that includes the CEOs of Apple, Disney, and Salesforce. Tom Steyer, welcome back to Political Breakdown. Scott and Marisa, it's nice to be with you again. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm yeah. sure you're very busy. Uh, tell us when the governor called or saw you and talked to you and asked you to lead this group along with his chief of staff, uh, Ann O'Leary. What, what, did he, what was he asking for? Well, I, he has, it was about a month and a half ago, and he had already, I think, taken the decisive and now widely approved of and recognized step of being the first state to shut down in the, in the country. And he had been, he was right, you know, in the middle of this health crisis and accompanying sharp economic slowdown. And I think he wanted to have a broad-based task force to give him advice on how to open up as fast as safely possible with a, making sure I think he's consistently put the health and safety of Californians first, and also to do it in a way that emphasized equity and justice, sustainability, and uh, made sure that we had in the front of our minds as a task force, the under resource communities, the black and brown communities around our state who have borne the brunt of the health costs of this crisis, as well as the economic and job costs of this crisis. And I'd known Gavin before and his chief of staff, Ann O'Leary, and I had also worked together very happily before. So it wasn't as if we were strangers. We'd all been friends for a long time. I mean, it's a big job and it's a it's a big compliment, but it's also a huge group. Uh, I think 80 or 90 plus folks for former governors, a lot of egos in that. I mean, did you have any hesitation? Because in a way, sometimes people being in, in the head of this type of task force, either nothing happens or I don't know, maybe you get blamed for something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Marisa, my reaction was I felt very fortunate to be able to participate and to work to try and make sure that we did in fact, as a state, recover as fast as we can safely 
to do it with a, an eye to equity and sustainability and to, specifically to under-resourced communities. I felt like, look, we're in a big crisis as a country and as a state. And if I can contribute, that's always been my goal. You know, you were going back through my um, post-private sector career, which actually started while I was still a professional investor. And my goal has always been to try to give back and to participate with other people around the state and around the country in trying to produce a better life and a better society for everyone, all Californians. And this was a chance to do that. And so I felt really fortunate to be asked, very grateful to be asked, and very grateful to be able to participate and hopefully contribute something. So just to be clear, um... It seems to me there might be some conflict in reopening as quickly as possible and creating as many jobs as soon as possible with also this idea of economic uh, equality and, and also when you add in things like the environment, which you also care a lot about. So how much of the, the charge of this task force is to just get things up and running as quickly as possible versus kind of remaking the economy in a way that is more equitable? Well, well let me just say one thing, Scott, that I would put as an addendum to what you said. I, I've never said we're going to get back as fast as possible. I said that the governor's goal is always to get back as fast as safely possible. Sure. The, the most robust recovery, the best, longest lasting recovery will be based around a society that protects the safety and lives of its citizens. That's what we've seen in our analysis from previous pandemics. But I think when you talk about, let, let's just talk for one second about sustainability. Um, I have spent well over a decade strongly believing and publicly arguing that moving to clean energy, moving to sustainability is something that is not contradictory to recovery, not contradictory to job creation, but in fact is something that causes and creates both more productivity and more job creation and better paying jobs. So there is no conflict there between the idea of having clean energy. You know, in 20, between 2013 and 2015, I think we did a series of studies to show that that was objectively true, um, which we called risky business. The risky business being not moving to clean energy. And I think in terms of equity, you know, there is a strong sense in this state I believe our governor strongly believes that the kind of recovery that we need and the kind of economy need we need is one of much more shared prosperity, that we have a level of inequality in our state and our country, which is very un-American and un-Californian, and we need to work against the structural inequities, and that, that only in that way will, will we have a true recovery. You know, it's funny, I, the organization I started, NextGen, did a study of inequality um, in 2015 in California called the Fair Shake Commission. And, you know, I'm very aware, and I know that Governor Newsom is very aware that having a recovery that doesn't work to redress the inequities will not be a successful recovery. And that, in fact, of course, we want to create jobs. And I'm sure that both you and Marisa know that disproportionately people in the lower end of the income spectrum are the people who've been losing their jobs. Yeah, that and that's then where the getting... biggest job loss is. And there's also, that's where most of the people are who are so-called 
essential workers and much more likely to get the virus. So that right. if you they're getting sick, they're dying. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're definitely Tom, you, 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 you like these names, risky business. Uh... <laughs> I was thinking that too, Marisa, when you said it. We've Maybe we'll call you next time. We need slogans some... going for us. <laughs> Maybe we'll call you next time. We need to name something here. But I want to ask you before we get into some of the goals here, just about the mechanics. Like we said, this is dozens of people we're talking about, union folks, you know, business folks, um, very high profile CEOs like Apple's Tim Cook, former Disney CEO Bob Iger. How, talk about like what, how are you guys doing this? Are you meeting weekly? Are there yeah. breakout groups? Are people like Cook and Iger actually at the table? Or are they like delegating to staff? I mean, how, this seems like one of, it, it's, I think the critical, you know, cynical folks watching that might think, well, this is just sort of um, a way to show that, that, that something's happening. But it sounds like you guys want to do the work. So how are you doing the work? Let me say this is not um, a fake. <laughs> you know, we do have a large task force and we are that task force meets once every two weeks, but we're broken down into 10 subcommittees and those tasks, th those subcommittees meet every week or every two weeks, depending on the subcommittee. And in addition, there are staff working to support those subcommittees and the overall task force who have a meeting every single day and who work every single day, including both weekend days, to try and make sure that the support is there so that the task force can actually make serious recommendations, can bring their expertise to bear, and can actually help the governor and help the state. You know, as you know, uh, I, you know, I, I, I buy, we all buy that it's not fake. You know, you're actually doing real work and you have a goal. <laughs> uh, that said, yeah. that said, we've Vanity all seen, me. you know, we've all seen these task forces come out with big binders of uh, recommendations that kind of sit on shelves and collect dust, to use that metaphor. But how do you know, like, what is the product that's going to come out of this? And how, how, how certain are you that it's going to be, you know, used as a real blueprint? Well, I think that's a fair question, Scott, and I think you may be surprised by the answer because we're really not a task force that's going to come up with a shiny report in six months and lay it down and disband. What we are doing is dividing up our work and our advice to Governor Newsom into short run, medium term and longer term uh, topics. So, for instance, this task force and the people on the task force have consulted him extensively as he's come up with protocols for the different sectors of the reopening of California. You know, as you said, we have 15 union leaders on our task force. When you talk about reopening a retail store or, you know, a uh, entertainment facility, we have union leaders who represent the workers in those facilities and who are extremely knowledgeable and serious about protecting the health of those workers. We also have people who may run those facilities or chains of those stores who can say to the governor, that's not a practical protocol for us to really run a store in this situation. And that can't really work. So in the short run, the members of the task force have brought their expertise to bear very much in the day-to-day -day decisions to help Governor Newsom do what he's been doing, which is having a very careful phased reopening of, of our economy with very strict protocols to protect workers' health and customers' health. And so that's something in the short run. And 
you know, in really on a day-to-day basis, we can call on people and their expertise to show up and help the governor know really from the ground up what, you know, a lot more information so he can make better decisions. And then I think longer term, you have to ask yourself, how are we going to address some of the issues that the virus has either caused or exacerbated? And so very much, you know, there's a question about the so-called digital divide. The fact that not everybody in California is hooked up to high-speed internet. And that's something that Governor Newsom has been concerned about and aware of and working to uh, correct for a long time. In fact, it was one of the big focuses of his January State of the State address before the coronavirus really hit California. But the virus has made the timing and urgency of closing that digital divide much more uh, significant, much more urgent. And as a result, the task force, there, you can look at that there are a lot of people with expertise in this, and we're trying to pull together some of that expertise so we can give advice on how to move up the timing of, in fact, closing that digital divide and bringing everybody in California into the 21st century hooked up to high-speed internet. So, Tom, I understand that, like, y- your job is not to advise the governor on the health, you know, sort of considerations of reopening. But I'm curious, as someone who is advising him on the economy, if you have concerns about, you know, the sort of patchwork approach to reopening and, and whether we might go too far too fast and have to, you know, claw back, which seems like it could be even more economically devastating than the first round. Well, I think, you know, Marisa, if you look at Governor Newsom's record, he has put and he's he said he was going to and he has consistently put the health and safety of Californians first. And, you know, that started with shutting us down very early and decisively. But it also includes the plan that he's put in place to reopen the economy. And that includes, as I said, a careful phasing of the different parts of the economy, protocols for the gradual reopening of the economy, but also an iterative process watching the health statistics very closely, not just by sector and not just by um, phase of reopening, but also looking on a geographic basis, county by county, and more granularly than that, to make sure that he can know what the impact is. And, you know, he's done a very good job of protecting the health and safety of Californians. I know it's, you know, at the forefront of his mind, he said it's going to be a health first recovery. And that's what it's been so far. I know people, you know, they're always going to be a question about how fast to open but he's been very careful so far. And I know he is watching those statistics like a hot to make sure that he takes care of Californians' safety first. All right, we're going to take a short break right now. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Tom Steyer. You're listening to Political Breakdown from KQED Public Radio. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. 
Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randadid Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. And welcome back to Political Breakdown. I'm Scott Schaefer here with Marisa Lagos. And our guest today is Tom Steyer. You might know him as the guy who ran all those ads calling for President Trump's impeachment, or maybe the guy who ran for president this year. But now he's co-chairing Governor Newsom's task force on economic recovery. And Tom, you know, all of this is happening at a moment when we're having a simultaneous conversation about, as we've already said, income inequality, the role of gig workers, you know, AB5, which uh, really changes who can be characterized and uh, uh, paid and treated like a contract worker versus an employee. And then all this talk about the economy with regard to the environment. So as, as someone who's cared so deeply about the environment uh, for so long, how do you see this as an opportunity, this task force and the recovery as a way to really bring that home and to, you know, embed it even more deeply into California's economy? Well, Scott, as you know, California really leads the world in terms of our climate and energy policies and really environmentalism for, gosh, it's got to be going back at this point over 50 years. So um, everything that people are talking about around the world in terms of policies for sustainability and clean energy, we are already embarked on. And, you know, we've had a long history with a lot of people, including Mary Nichols at the head of the Air Resources Board, but Governor Brown and Governor Schwarzenegger, a lot of people, Fabian Nunez, who have really stood up for the environment and for climate uh, change work. And so that is something which has been shown, as I said earlier, to be a job producer, to be a productivity enhancer. And it's something that, you know, California can create hundreds of thousands of jobs, more jobs in. And as we build, we're going to continue to emphasize sustainability and resilience um, and that's part of what we've promised to do in our task force's mission statement. Um, so, so, you know, yeah. that is something that is part of California, will continue to be part of California, I think, in a very good way. And I, I think that, you know, we're going to be pushing for what I think of as the core values of Californians, including making sure that we keep all Californians in mind, that we are specifically aware as I said earlier, about equality and equity, that we are pushing to help those who have been systematically um, discriminated against. And we're going to try and make sure that people thought this virus was going to be, quote unquote, the great leveler. Actually, it's exacerbated inequity in our state and our country. And the policy should reflect 
the sacrifices and the um, burdens that people have made mostly from, you know, disproportionately from black and brown communities and make sure that the policies reflect the, the desire and the ability to put them back on a, a good path and an equal path. So like one of the things we're seeing, for example, to tackle that in San Francisco is a new program that's essentially going to have the city pay people's wages if they get sick with COVID and don't have sick leave, right? Um, you know, I think creative ideas like that are probably some of the things you're thinking about, but that'll cost money and the state's in a huge budget deficit right now. Um, I, I'm just like curious, like what, how you guys are trying to weigh those two realities, given that the economy and the state budget are also so tied so closely together, right? Like it, it feels like the government's going to need a lot of resources to help deal with that inequality. You know, that's a great point, Marisa, because obviously this huge economic slowdown has blown a hole in the budget that the Go Governor Newsom and Governor Brown had done a great job of building up a surplus and a big rainy day fund, the biggest in California's history by far. And obviously that's something which this, you know, severe slowdown has blown a hole in. Um, but I think in everything, there are going to be questions, you know, if in fact we do what uh, Scott and I were just talking about in terms of rebuilding California's uh, infrastructure. And you can define infrastructure to include a lot of things, including rebuilding the grid to make it more resilient. We're gonna be creating a lot of jobs. So when you talk about what, you know, what people, how are we going to help people? You know, part of this is going to be, uh, there are gonna be a number of things we can do. Part of it's gonna be about job and economic, job creation and economic recovery. And that's something, you know, making sure that that is uh, widespread, that those jobs are shared uh, in the communities that have been disproportionately hit by this pair of crises um, is going to be a, a big part of what is going to have to happen to get California, not just back to where we were, but hopefully to a better place, not trying to get back to January of 2020, but to get back to a place that is better than that, that is in fact as we were saying, more equitable than that, uh, more sustainable and resilient, and more productive. And you know, those are goals that are not to say the same, but they're also not contradictory. Well, you mentioned January, and of course, back then you were still running for president. This was all before the pandemic. And I'm wondering, you know, what did you hear from voters, you know, all the way through South Carolina that you're taking with you on this task force as you think about you know, recovering from this pandemic. What what voices are you hearing from the campaign trail? You know, it, it's funny, Scott, because I loved, I loved meeting people around the United States of America. And for, I've been really doing something like that as a political organizer for the last eight years. And I have loved meeting people around the state of California and understanding better what their lives look like and what their needs and dreams are. And so, you know, I take with me the stories and the personal encounters with people across this state and across this country. And honestly, I, I have incredible warm feelings for them and their struggles because I came away from that experience running for president and I've come away from my years of being a political organizer with really a deep love for the people and seeing how hard they work and how humble they really are and how good hearted. And I just am incredibly impressed 
And honestly, that was my takeaway from running for president. That's been my takeaway from being here. You know, and I'll give you an example. We went down, I can't remember how many years ago, to work with community groups in Oxnard against the last fossil fuel um, plant that I think will ever be proposed in California, which was unnecessary. It might never have been turned on. It was a big time waste of money, but it also was a big time polluter in a very poor Latino uh, community on the coast. And we got together with the local mayor and local community groups to protest this plant, which had pretty much been green lighted and we managed to stop it, the Puente plant. And it was, you know, that's just an example for me, getting, meeting those people, working with those people, seeing how hard they were pushing back against a plant, which was completely consistent with a lot of plants that had built, been built there over a, you know, a number of decades and made that a place that instead of being a beautiful part of the California seacoast was, you know, a very toxic and polluted part of the California seacoast. And getting to know those people and enjoying working together and seeing how decent, fundamentally decent they were and what good values they held was incredibly meaningful for me and, you know, emotional for me. And that is the feeling I got from running for president. That is the feeling that I have about the people of this state and, you know, what we're trying to accomplish together and for each other. And, you know, that's where I think we are. You know, that hopefully will be the 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 bit the the you know the lemonade that we make out of this lemon which is that we realize how much we share and how much we're in this together and how much we can succeed when we put aside our differences and pull together and that's really what I think we've seen so far in California I give Gavin Newsom a lot of credit for inspiring that kind of feeling and I give Republicans and Democrats a lot of credit for putting aside you know their deep partisan feelings and pulling together and really trying to do the right thing that's what that's my feeling. That's what I see on the task force. And I believe that's what we're going to see across California. So things have changed a little bit since you dropped out of the presidential race in terms of the global <laughs> pandemic and not being able to leave the house and all these things. Um, I'm curious if you are talking at all or have talked with Vice President Joe Biden and and having been on the campaign trail. And, you know, I think even though you lost South Carolina, seeing the value of retail politics, just what your thoughts are on how this whole presidential race can play out and how, you know, someone like Biden can make the case to the American public while he's sitting in his basement. Well, I, I have talked to the vice president. Um, I am 100% supportive of Joe Biden for president. I think that he will be a terrific choice. I think that he is not, you know, normal campaigning is out for now. And he is, you know, I think running a, a, you know, a virtual campaign, you know, to a very large extent, as we know, as we all know, I think that he is someone who is, look, he is a, if you look at his policies, he's a lot more progressive than I think Americans think or understand at this point. And a big part of the next five months between now and November 3rd is going to be to make sure that people understand around the country that he is actually a progressive Democrat and that he is going to stand up um, for the kinds of policies, including climate policies and environmental justice policies 
that I've talked to him about that I know he understands and cares about and prioritizes. Let me ask you, we have a couple minutes left. Um, who would you like him to choose as his running mate? Who do you think would be the best choice? Look, I'd, Scott, I, I know that's a super hot topic and I don't have a person in mind, but I will say this. I think that he should do the substantive thing and choose whoever he thinks would be the best president, not the best vice president. I think that, you know, that it's, it's obvious that he is over the age of 75 and to make Americans feel confident that no matter what happens, we're going to have a really competent, thoughtful, caring president is, I think, his, is, is the way that he should make this choice. And I think that that's what he'll do. I think that he will choose somebody who, no matter what happens, we can be confident that we will be led by somebody terrific. And, you know, that is the question that he, in my opinion, should be interviewing every single candidate on, which is just to make sure that they are, you know, fully capable of stepping into the role and reflecting, you know, the the kind of values that I think the Democratic, Democratic Party stands for and fighting for those values. All right, we have about 30 seconds left, Tom Steyer, but you are well known for wearing a tartan tie all the time. <laughs> I'm just wondering, are you sitting at home still wearing that tie and will you be giving one to Joe Biden? <laughs> it's a great idea. I'm definitely going to give one to Joe Biden. In fact, several in hopes that he will vote. How many do you have? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I went into a store called the House of Scotland about... 10 or 20, 10 or 15 years ago and said, I am going to buy all of your red tartan ties. And the lady behind <laughs> the counter said to me, if you buy them all, I'm going to throw in a scarf. <laughs> all right. We, all right are, we will we, have to leave it there. We are out of time. But uh, Tom Starr, thank you so much. Scott and Reese, it's so great to talk to you guys. That's it for this edition of Political Breakdown. It's a production of KQED Public Radio. Our producer is Guy Marzarati, and our engineer is Katie McMurrin. I'm Marisa Lagos. You can find me on Twitter at MLagos. And I'm Scott Schaefer. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Scott Schaefer. We'll see you next time, everybody. Stay healthy. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.